is what I call the four magic words that transform everything. And if you're open to it, I'd, I'd like to share those with you. What does the cleaning industry really talk about? Beyond Clean with Ace is a podcast to explore just that. Now in its sixth season, Beyond Clean with Ace has hosted hundreds of influencers from around the globe. Listen to people who are excited about providing healthy, positive, and proactive information. Share their experiences, passions, and helpful tips. Now let's join our host, Dave Thompson, director for the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, as he speaks with yet another leading influencer from our industry. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dave Thompson, and yes, it is me here again on your podcast channel this afternoon. Uh, it's the last week of March, first quarter of the year, almost gone. Can you believe that? I don't know if you can, but I certainly can't. It has went by too fast. I don't know if that's just the years, or am I just getting older? I don't know what it is. Anyway... As I always say, you are not here listening to me. You don't really want to hear from me anymore. You've heard enough from me. But Merritt is here. She's in Colorado. I don't know. You know, I kind of like Colorado a lot better than Florida sometimes, Merritt. But I don't <laughs> think we're here to talk about geography, are we, Merritt? Well, you know, I mean, we can batter a little bit of it in, I, I suppose, but Colorado is a pretty nice kept secret. I'd like to actually keep it that way. So it's terrible here. Very snowy, very cold. Don't come. <laughs> uh, well, I have some experience with Colorado and I would have to say you're trying to hide the secrets. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Most so definitely. Why are we talking this afternoon and why should people listen to the rest of our conversation today well first of all i appreciate you uh sharing some time with me today i'm the ceo of select sales development and we spell it s-e-l-l-e-c-t we want you to actually stop selling we want you to start getting selected so there's sales principles and uh, techniques and strategies that we can all learn no matter what our role is or what our title is, what we actually do. But at the end of the day, if we're representing our brand, our business, uh, a company, we are in fact representatives of the business. And, and as such, we want to be able to talk intelligently about it and see where we might be able to increase business by using some specific sales language and strategies. And so I, I love talking to people at all levels and all different industries uh, about what the opportunities are to not be pushy or aggressive, but to be selected by your ideal prospects and clients to do the good work that you do in the world. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, a, I'm kind of one of those people that studies um, everybody out there in the marketplace. And, you know, you go in and people are shopping and somebody comes up and says, can I help you? And our first immediate response is no. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to be sold. We want to select our own thing and then you can tell me about it. So we're probably not talking about quite that. Well, uh, I would say most of my clients wouldn't put themselves in a retail category. So that's that's often a retail example, right? Like, you know, the helpful, friendly salesperson comes up to you as you walk into the store and they say, can I help you? And you say, no, thanks, just looking. And that's how the dance goes. 
Um, <laughs> most of my clients are, and for have always been for the last 20 plus years that I've been uh, in business doing this, is they are in uh, creative businesses or businesses that require a custom solution or businesses that require a consultative sales process. In other words, you can't just click here, buy now. And um, I do have a soft spot in my heart for the cleaning industry. My my ex-husband now, uh, when we got married, he owned a carpet cleaning and restoration company. I was very privy every day to the conversations about, you know, technicians, and, you know, and, and how the frustrations of finding the good ones and, you know, how he would deliver donuts to all the new office buildings to drum up business and um, funny story I will tell you, Dave, and by the way, his name was also Dave, which is just oh humorous. My. Oh, I feel I know. sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many Daves. Um, uh. But uh, one time, I we were at a wedding for one of my cousins. She married into a family of doctors. And uh, at this wedding of pretty much primarily doctors, my husband was the one to get a page back in the day. He got paged away to go look at a flood job. And I'm thinking you're leaving a wedding of doctors and surgeons be and you're the flood expert guy. Like what happened? Like, how did that happen? So it was <laughs> just a, just a funny moment in our lives. Oh yes. I could tell you some of the ones I've had. I've, I've been in the sales of selling supplies and, and the services for around 40 years. And uh, yeah. Try to sitting at a table full of uh, generals and you're the only one that sells toilet paper. <laughs> well, it's something all the generals need. <laughs> but, boy, you know, that, I have... That's the thing is, is everybody does. And so, you know, you, people think of the cleaning industry and we just sell something that everybody needs. It They think that's just a click and buy, but there's a lot more to it than that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I know your audience is in many different aspects of the cleaning business. I was listening to one of your previous episodes and you were talking to a gentleman who worked in the school systems and, you know, and it really kind of got me thinking like, what's something that I could share that is a universal message that would be applicable to anybody in any role in any one of the iterations uh, that make up the, this in the entire cleaning industry. And one of the things I, I think would be really interesting to, to chat about is what I call the four magic words that transform everything. Um, and if I know I'm talking to an audience of purely sales professionals or business owners, I will customize that for them and say, it's the four words that can transform sales, or it's the four words that can transform how you lead. It, but it really is magical and universal. And if you're open to it, I'd, I'd like to share those with you. Oh, hey, I, I guarantee you, you know, everybody likes tips and that's why we have the show here. So let's tip away. Well, and in full disclosure, I actually already gave them to you just by me asking the question. So <laughs> the four magic words actually are, are you open to? And what I love about that is if you think about it, think about um, if you're an owner or manager and you're listening and you want to encourage your team or your, you know, all of your employees to follow along or to take a new initiative or something rather than saying, 
hey guys, is everybody interested in going in this new direction? Um, it's easy for me to say no when you ask me if I'm interested in something. Are you interested in listening to this podcast? No. Are you interested in buying this service? No. It doesn't impact me or who I am to be uninterested. But if I ask you, are you open to listening to this podcast? Are you open to talking a little bit about what your company needs in terms of the your the cleaning category? Um, would you be, you know, I know I understand you have a contract, a long-term contract with this particular vendor. Would you be open to having a conversation about what else we might provide that doesn't, you know, inhibit that contract or when that contract is coming due, would you be open to having a conversation with us about possibly working with us instead, right? It's hard for me to say I'm not open because the moment I admit I'm not open to something, it's about who I am as an individual. It's about my identity. And that's why it's hard to say we're not open, but it's very easy to say we're not interested. So, so what you're saying here, Merritt, is our words are very well chosen to get a very specific result. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I love that because I tell people all the time, if words don't matter, then shut the... <laughs> exactly. And everybody go, you know, you just, all you have to do is pause and everybody looks at you and it's like, you can see the look on their face. They put a word in there. So the words do matter, Merritt. They absolutely matter. Absolutely matter. And, and, and this is true in written communication and verbal communication. This is why it's so hard to communicate clearly what you're, what you want to say in any kind of, uh, like a text or an email. We've all experienced uh, that, those misunderstandings, uh, yeah. but it's, it's really hard to misinterpret. Are you open to, um, you know, it, it's, again, it's easy to be uninterested. It's, it's hard to not be open. In fact, I, I was reading a, a study, it was out of Pepperdine University, and they asked people to rate themselves. Um, do you, I think the question was, do you consider yourself to be more open-minded than the average person? And 95% of respondents said yes, which I don't know about you, Dave, but back when I, when I was in school, 95% of people could not be better than the average. It does, <laughs> math doesn't work, you know? I don't know what, kids are learning different math these days, so it might be different. Yeah, well, um, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't think that most people I deal with are more than average. <laughs> yeah, right? So, but, and that's interesting too, right? So we all know somebody. So I, I take that Pepperdine University uh, study. And I talk about that when I do a, a conference keynote or a training session for a company. And what's interesting is I follow that up with, well, okay, so we, we, we would all agree in this room that we're open-minded than more open-minded than the average. Do you also know somebody who is not more open-minded than the average? And every single hand goes up, no matter what industry I'm talking in, no matter who the room is, they all say that. So I said, well, that's interesting because how is it that we all managed, all of the open-minded people managed to find their way in this room today, and all of the not open-minded people didn't get invited. Like, that's interesting. So, you know, what transforms your sales is not so much, or your leadership for that matter, is not so much about um, what, 
what you think you are. It's about preparing your listener to hear your information. It's about preparing them to receive any idea, solution, anything that you're trying to convey. And that's why I'm always saying the first step to a closed deal is always an open mind. You won't close deals. You won't hire the best people. You won't get anybody to follow you. You know, none, none of that happens until you prepare the landscape. And, and all that's needed to do that is those four magic words. Then somebody has to say, sure, I am open to hearing what you have to say. Great. Now they're, they have to be open-minded to really listen. And that's where all the magic happens. Um, if you just ignore that fact, you really could step over the most important part of the process. Well, we always know that, you know, that you need to make it about the person, but you've made it personal and that's even the step further. It, it's not, um, it's not a fictitious or an overall thing. It's very, very pointed. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I, I remember hearing in your, the interview that I had listened to, you guys were talking about how this is really a, a people business and communication is the most important thing. And I could not agree with that more. Um, in fact, I, I remember being told early in my career that if you really want to be good in business, especially in sales or leadership, learn as much as you can about other people. And I really did. I studied behavioral styles and all kinds of different things, buying strategies. And I was really focused on learning everything I could about everyone else. And at some point, I don't remember exactly what the trigger moment was, but I realized that the in that equation of learn as much as you can about other people, the the real tr the trick word was other. And the real key is learn as much as you can about people. And the first person is start with yourself. Mm -hmm. So learn everything you can about how you're wired, the right. foundation that you hear any message on top of. So um, that, that brought me into a deep dive into studying things like emotional intelligence, as an example, and, mm -hmm. and the mindset and really understanding, you know, in a, in a training class, you could learn a good skill, but if fundamentally you don't believe that it's going to work or you don't believe it will work for you personally or in your industry, then you're layering something perhaps good and valuable on top of a shaky foundation and it's just going to fall through the cracks. So the very first thing is to really strengthen that foundation, to learn everything we can about how we're wired, what our you know, how well we handle stress, how optimistic are we, how independent are we, are we good at, you know, are we so optimistic that we avoid the reality of, of the situation? And so we might step over important questions to ask, or are we so focused on the facts and, and, and what's staring us in the face that we lose sense of an optimistic outlook and all of those things, no matter what the industry is, those are really important to how we see an opportunity and it's how we see that opportunity that gives us that power is in, in terms of what we're going to say to make it a reality. You know, Meredith, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, we need to know ourselves because 
And I think we're talking mainly here this afternoon. Sales it seems to be our topic. So if you're if you're in sales, there are days that you do not need to be in front of the client, regardless, because you're not ready for it. It's not your day, and you can hurt yourself more if you don't know that. And and as you said, if you don't know yourself, then you wouldn't be in tune because you might miss the opportunity that was there because you're not ready. Yeah, it's a slippery slope on that question about <laughs> being ready, right? Because I think we, you know, there's some people are going to hear that and they're going to never feel ready, right? Because they're, <laughs> they want it to be perfect and it's never going to be perfect. And so you're not in any action. And I would say the foundation of my work has always been around three main things. Okay. So mindset, what you think, mechanics, what you say, and motion, what you do. So I could make the case that being successful in anything requires aptitude or confidence in all three of those areas, mindset, mechanics, and motion. Since we're going to focus a little bit more on the sales aspect of things, it absolutely comes down to those three things. And let me ask you a question. Uh, and don't worry, there's no right or wrong answer. So you can't really mess this up, Dave. Uh, okay. I got you. Yeah, okay, you. folks. I'm getting ready to make, really set myself up here. Yeah, uh, don't worry. It's not a good look to uh, interview the host and make them look bad. So that I will never do that to you. Um, but what do you think is the first thing that people want to work on when it comes to getting better at something like sales? Is it, oh, I got to take a class in sales mindset? Or is it, I, I wish I just knew what to say on a sales call? Or is it, if I just knew if I was like in action, I'll throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and something will work out. What would you say is the first thing that they work on? Oh, well, I can tell you, I've seen all three of those. Uh, okay. What is the most? You know, I would say that most people in sales, if they've never been doing it before, uh, they just jump out there and start throwing things at the wall, see what happens. And I, I would say in in the cleaning industry, by and large, most people go that way. And I'm not saying they should, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying I think I, that's what most of them do. Yep. So I would, and I would agree with that. So a lot of times people will start with motion. I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick up the phone and start dialing for dollars yep. or whatever. And, and they quickly realize like, oh, this might be more effective if I had a little bit of of confidence around the mechanics of selling, like maybe what I say about what I do and how to, how to get some initial interest and all of that. And then there's, you know, I, I think if you, I think the best place to start is in mechanics. If I'm honest, I think, you know, learn a little bit about what you're going to say about what you're doing and what your offer is I think you want to be clear about your sales goals, which would be kind of in that motion category. Um, but you know, Mary, yeah, as I'm hearing you say that, I'm thinking, you know, it would be really hard for me to say which one of those three is the best because it really depends on the person that you're talking with. Because I know whenever I, I moved from being an owner operator and I moved into selling product, the first thing for me was to get over the stigma that I just now was just a salesman and I had to get mm. my mind straight before I listened to the mechanics and before I actually did the right thing. So it, yeah, it, that's a great yeah, point. I mean, that's tough. 
Well, I think the the main thing is to recognize that all three of those are important components and you really don't want to focus on just one of those. So I would say yeah. a lot of people just focus on the mechanics of selling. If I just got my elevator pitch or my little 60 second <laughs> commercial or whatever, right? Like and people can see through that so quickly. Exactly. But if you don't know how to follow that up with the right questions and qualifiers and, you know, how you really understand somebody's um, issues and challenges, then, you know, you're, you're only getting half the story. But if you, you know, if you work, let's say you strengthen some of the mechanics of selling, that's going to give you a little bit more confidence. That's going to boost your mindset. And then you're going to be in more action. You're going to be in motion because you feel good about what you've learned and you're seeing some results. So it can flow that way. You could start with motion, throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall. Eventually, you know, things are going to hit. You're going to start to feel better. You have more at bats. You're get, you have more opportunity to practice and try some new skills. And so you're going to improve by starting with motion. And in your example, you already came in with some expertise as an owner operator. So now you're wanting to expand the vision of who you are and what you do by adding this product sales piece of it. And so for you, it was totally appropriate to start with mindset. And I think, you know, as long as you just keep in mind that all three pieces of those puzzles are important, then nothing gets left out. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, there's different philosophies on sales folks. I mean, you know, we've, you know, some of us have heard all of them, I guess, but then, you know, you look at children and how easily they sell because they don't think it through. They just, it's just an inherent thing. And as we grow older, we start to get it. Everything is so complex. Um, sometimes it just needs to flow. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. I, I mean, you know, nobody complicates something better than any adult <laughs> with a little bit of knowledge. You know, like <laughs> that's the kiss of death right there. But I think, you know, it's, you bring up a good point. You know, it's uh, kids aren't afraid. They aren't afraid to ask for a cookie, um, even if it's just before dinner, even if they've been told every day at the same time, you're not getting a cookie before dinner, they still come up and ask. And, you know, there's something just wondrous about that. But, you know, if imagine if that child had a, a few skills, you know, baked in, right? If they said, you know, mom, I'd, I'd like to invite you to consider if you'd be open to throwing a cookie my way, you know, nothing makes me hungrier than just a little bit of sugar. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know, but I, I bet if the, if that kid learned a, a better skill or had that mindset, like I'm not giving up, well, eventually they're going to give in. They're going to get that cookie. <laughs> so, so there, there's a framework that I, I saw in, in some of what I read, um, uh, and I, I suppose that you have a, a structure that works for most operations in, in all of this? Yes. Uh, and just for context, uh, when I was uh, married to my ex with his carpet cleaning restoration, flood restoration company, we did revamp the sales process for that for his company. And we looked at, you know, how do, how do we get people up to speed? He had a lot of turnover before, before we got married and I got a hold of 
you know, training their, their business, which I had a vested interest in. Um, but he had had a lot of turnover and it was really frustrating. And so every time you hire a new technician, you got to get them trained up, not just in how the skills to be a technician, but also to, you know, find those moments to have an upsell conversation or, you know, as long as I'm here doing this, you know, are there any other things you want me to take a look at? Any other rooms that you think you'd like cleaned? You know, it's whatever, right? It's not just the person making the schedule. And, and that's, I'm just as one example, but I also worked for companies that were in, you know, pest control and rode on trucks and, uh, I've done work with companies in plumbing and HVAC and, you know, it's, everybody's got a different process, but when you come back to this framework of mindset mechanics motion, it really is the container so that you know, what's the piece of the puzzle that people need right now that will produce immediate result in the shortest amount of time. And for some people it's, I would say most of the time I am starting with mechanics. It's like, okay, pretend I'm a prospect. You know, what's the process? Like talk to me on a phone call. I've listened to, I've been, I've secret shopped many, many of my company, my clients over the years uh, in this space, just because I want to see how are they asking questions? How are they? Yeah, what's the mechanics that they're using now? Ex exactly. And once you understand where you're starting from, then you can quickly put into place, here's some new strategies. So oftentimes it's, it's these little sound bites. Like, are you open to, you know, are you open to telling me a little bit about, you know, what had you call us today? It could be anything. Um, but it's, it's just that invitation to learn a little bit more. And I think between mechanics, like having a few sound bites and a structure for getting through the sales process and, and in that motion step, like having a game plan, how many calls are you going to make? How many referrals are you going to ask for? Um, you know, it's kind of like back to basics numbers game, but it gives you power and control and the numbers don't lie. And if you're looking at how many, you know, conversations you're having and how many of those converted into deals, then you can look and see, oh, okay, if I'm not having enough deals, then is it because I'm not having enough conversations or are those conversations not producing the value? And so what's the piece of the puzzle that needs the coaching? Is it, I need to have more conversations or is it, I need my conversations to be more productive? You know, it's interesting that you are saying this because one of the cover the, you know, the, the, podcast that we did recently was on cold calling and one of the numbers that the the uh, speaker threw out was 17 times now before you actually make that really good contact you know that's a larger number than it was for us 20 years ago uh you know who stays with it 17 times to get in the door not very many, I will tell you that. But I think you want to have a mix of different ways that you do outreach. And some of those contacts, I, I think about it differently than I used to, um, especially with fancy AI things we have these days. And, you know, there's ways that, you, I mean, every one of us has experienced, like, maybe you, 
it's almost gotten to the point where I've thought about something and then all of a sudden there's a, an ad in Facebook. I'm like, I didn't even say this out loud. Like this is so scary now. Um, but it, you know, I don't know how all of that stuff works magically. That's not my genius zone, but think about every one of those as another touch. So if I want to just get my business name or my name across somebody's radar screen 17 times over the course of, you know, a few weeks or whatever it is, then I know that there are some that I can be personally responsible for. And most of those I want to be automated in some way, shape or form. So it's, you know, it's an automated newsletter thing, or it's a LinkedIn connection, or it's, you know, some ad that pops up on Facebook or Instagram, but you know, you just, you want sales and marketing really need to work hand in hand together much more closely than they ever have in the past. Because if the goal is I want to be there when they're ready to make a decision or when this is on their mind, you have to look at it much deeper than we did in the old days. Like, I mean, you know, (laughs) It used to be I could keep track of all my prospects literally on my post-it notes and a Rolodex. I mean, how embarrassing is that? But that, that also tells you how old I am. Um, uh, well, I can, I can remember before the Rolodex too, so don't, don't right? go there, Merritt. I know. But, but in those days, like you're saying, it didn't take as many touches. There wasn't as much noise. Right. Um, there weren't as many options. And if you hung in there and made, you know, three or five phone calls over the course of a few weeks, you were top of mind, but it doesn't work that way anymore. And we're, nobody has time for that. So you have to be thinking, what can my marketing take off my plate so that I'm in front of people without it actually being my personal time to be in front of them. Now you've used two words that I think that we need to kind of talk about. If you don't mind, you, you said marketing and we've also said sales there is a difference for some folks and some folks say, nope, they're, they're the same. And then I've been criticized because I'm, I'm too um, critical. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't add enough light and comedy and levity to things, man, it's just so complicated. Okay. Let's simplify this once and for all then. Are you ready? I'm going to make it super simple. Uh, because I have gotten this question for more than two decades. What's the difference between sales and marketing? So for anybody that tells you there is no difference, tell them you are crazy. Um, there is a big difference. And here's what it is. Can I use those words or can I add live? Yep, you can add live. Sure. You know, if you want to water that down, but I like to just go for the jugular on that one because it, you're crazy. If you think there's no difference, just plain and simple. The difference right. is okay. marketing is everything that happens before a conversation. Once a conversation happens, you are in sales. It's as simple as it can be. Do you consider emails and video conversation? Uh, No, until it's a, well, if you've had, if they're in the conversation with you, if it's, if it's, Outbound market, outbound email marketing, then, you know, like you're doing a blast, that's marketing still. But once, once they, they reply, now it's reply, a conversation. Now it's sales. Yes. Okay. All right. You need the reply 
it has to be a conversation. And the only way to have a conversation that makes any difference is that's usually between one and one, or it's a conversation one-to-one or one-to-many, but it's not, um, it's not a one-way communication. So today, Merritt, that conversation could be a text, it could be an email, it could be a, a LinkedIn message reply, but yes. it's that once that they've gotten the message, they're going, yes, I'm open to. Correct. Now you're in sales. And here's what, so, so here's, uh, you know, when you think about marketing, this is everything that you do to, you know, this is your, your website, your business cards, your, um, your ads, right? All of that is marketing. Your, your, uh, search ads, everything you do around search engine optimization. It's used to be yellow pages, right? Like all of those things <laughs> oh are marketing, right? Even your podcast, your podcast is marketing. Um, all of your exposure on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, that's all marketing. Right. Now, when somebody engages with you, um, they fill out a form on your website and they opt in for your newsletter. They're still in marketing. But if you had asked for, you know, if you get their email address from the form that they fill out and you send them a, an email one-on-one -on -one, or you have your bot or whatever, your autoresponder send an email and they respond to that, now you're in sales. And so... Folks that are new to this, this may be a revelation for folks that have been in sales for a long time may be challenged with when do I determine that I've got to shift gears? Because if you continue to market somebody that is in conversation, you can drive them off, can't you? Yes. No, once, once you're in a conversation, now it should be now your conversation should be focused on your prospect. So, um, you know, anything. So one of the biggest mistakes I've seen people make out there is they're in a conversation with somebody. Somebody says, oh, I've, I've read your art. Thanks for sharing that article with me. Um, or, you know, I, I appreciated the download from your website. Um, you know, thank you. Right. Like they've made some outreach back to you now they've identified themselves as more qualified. So at that point I would pick up the phone or I would send another email and say, I really appreciate that. Would you be open to having a conversation? You know, let's schedule a time to talk. I'd like to learn more about you. And now you're in a sales conversation. This is when you get a chance to ask them questions. You know, what resonated with you? What are your challenges? What's the biggest challenge going on in your industry? Whatever it is, you know, the, of all the podcasts you could listen to, why'd you pick this one? What what jumped off the page for you, right? So now you're in sales conversation. At this point, do not, do not, do not, do not send them back to your website for more information. Like right. that is going backwards in the process. <laughs> the whole point of marketing is to get to a sales conversation. If your marketing is generating leads, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to. Um, but if your salespeople aren't comfortable with sales conversations, which many aren't, you'll hear things like, oh, well, 
you know, yeah, we do a lot of different things. Why don't you check out our services page on our website? And that should answer a lot of questions. It's like, oh my God, put a bullet in my head. Do not do that. That is <laughs> why, you know, we don't, we don't need salespeople if you're just sending people backwards in the process. Sorry. I got so excited. I, I dropped my own water bottle. But that happens so much of the time, especially with newer people or, you know, somebody that's always using a website or, or media as, as a crutch. They're, they're, they've become so used to the crutch that that's the go-to all the time. And that's where now the sales process most generally, I would say, is going to fall apart. Exactly. It, it's like, you know, you don't you don't want to be suggestive of selling to somebody and then say, go over here. You want to take the order. It's the close. Exactly. 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 And I think that's, you know, a lot of times people will ask me, well, I I don't feel comfortable with my sales process or my sales communication, but I don't have enough leads coming in. So first I'm going to get leads coming in. I'm going to, I'm going to build my marketing funnels and everything, and then I'll learn sales. And I'm like, well, only do that if you are really excited about wasting a lot of money, because you let's pretend your marketing starts to work and you're getting good qualified leads. And then you're blowing through them because you don't know how to talk to them. Now you've really created an expensive problem. But if you learn sales first, you can use those sales languaging, that, that communications, that messaging to infuse in your marketing messages. Now you've strengthened your marketing campaigns by infusing the right sales messages. And you know that once you get those leads coming in, you're going to be able to convert them. So always study sales first. You know, Merritt, you also said something earlier that I want to go back to. You said the noise out there. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, the the client, whoever that is, has heard so much noise from so many people. It is terribly hard to be that standout. Is comedy the the way, I mean, you know, we used to use it quite a bit. We got real serious in business for a while. Is comedy coming back? Is humor coming back? Or are we still in that touchy area? I think as long as you're, I mean, I think comedy will always be in fashion um, unless you are, you know, picking topics that are divisive in ways that we have, you know, never really experienced at this level. Like there's, you know, just make it clean, make it business oh, yeah, appropriate, yeah. keep it on topic. Right. So there's, sure. there's those kinds of things, but I, you know, it's funny. I was, I was in a meeting the other day, there was a speaker talking about authenticity and somebody in the audience, I kid you not, I, I thought it was a plant. I, I couldn't believe this was a real question, but she said, um, I think this is really important because I've been really, you know, trying to learn, you know, how to be authentic or some, some version of that, like how to be authentic. And I'm like, Oh my God, sweetheart, if you are learning how to be authentic, like, please go into a cave and don't talk to anybody until you figure that out because <laughs> no one's going to teach you how to be authentic. Like it, it's just like, that seems silly to me. You know, just, I think, I think, 
people have gotten too serious and what they really crave are, we call them the ABCs, authentic business conversations. And, you know, if you're yeah. As, as you bring that up, one of our speakers at our conference that we're having here in a couple of weeks, her her title of her 15-minute talk is Authenticity in the Workplace. And she said, there is definite language. There is. And she said, you know, the thing about it is it's as much body language as it is words. And I said, these are things we've always known, but we got to start realizing it goes back to what you said. We have to know ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And as long as you're being true to you, like I legitimately am a stand-up comedian. Um, that's my oh. hobby. I have been paid, so I can technically call myself a professional. <laughs> um, that, that's the key thing. You weren't just doing it for fun. You actually got yeah, paid for the gig. I do. I have been paid. So, um, and, and so it is authentic to me, to my style, to crack a joke to lighten the mood with a little humor. Um, if, you know, anytime you see a video of me, you know, from another interview or one of my training, you know, in my training program, I actually had somebody, I was, uh, I gave them preview access to our training course, our sales training course. And he goes, um, I really like the content. I just, I feel like, you're so funny. I want, I'm not sure my team will take it seriously. And I'm like, wow, I worked so hard to make those funny. And now I'm being told maybe they're too funny and not, you know, because of that, they're not going to take it seriously. And I said, you know, if that's the case, then I'm definitely not the right trainer for you because I am, I think people learn when they laugh, you know, it's, it's that spoonful of sugar, you know, uh, theory, right? It's, it, that's what helps the medicine go down. Like it be, it's much easier to listen to, uh, an entertaining training session. It then something that's like content, 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 and you're so bored, you're just checking your phone the whole time. And I don't want to sit through those kinds of things. And so I don't want to deliver them. They're boring for me. So I think, you know, if you can lighten the mood and, Lighten someone else's mood is why I like humor. And I think that, you know, whether if that's not who you are, you know, authentically, then I would say just find your authentic style. And and it, it don't mean find it. It's just like be it. Like if you're a super serious person, lean into it or, you know, ask a humor, a humorous person to give you some sort of light joke about the fact that you take things so seriously. Um, well, it, it is, it is yeah. part of that merit, recognizing who we are. I yeah. have a tendency to be very passionate about things in the cleaning industry. And I keep telling people as they come into my classes, I'm warning you ahead of time. I get passionate and I get on my soapbox. So when I start yelling at you, just let me know that I've been yelling too hard. Yeah. Because that's just me. That's who I am because I just get carried away with it because it means so much. But we all need to understand these things. And I think the points that you've made uh, this afternoon uh, are really good. I'll, I, uh, you know, I think, I think the thing is we always look in these podcasts for these little nuggets, you know, mm, and I, yeah. I, I guess I've never heard those four magic words put quite that way. Well, there you go. I hope I, you know, I, I, 
I think they're powerful. And I know that to be true because they worked with my teenager. So if you can road test something like that with a teenager and it passes the teenager test, then you know you're onto something. <laughs> okay. So now we found out how Merrick came about her four magic words. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. The, there's the humor part, folks. We found the humor part in this whole podcast, right? Yes. Um, well, you, you know, I guess we're, we're, we're kind of in the end of our time. Um, there's so much more we probably could talk about. Well, one thing I would like to leave with your audience is uh, a lot of times people want to know, especially if I'm talking about the mindset mechanics motion, they, they kind of want to know like, well, which one of those would be the right place for me to start if I wanted to be better in sales uh, or sales management or some aspect of leadership? What's that one place where I would get the most value from as an entry point. And so we built uh, what we call our select sales SWAT on steroids. Uh, say that 10 times fast. Yeah, I got, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> is that wrote down somewhere? So I don't have to try to write that. Yeah, you don't have to write it down. Um, but a SWOT analysis is a look at your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So we just look at in those three main categories, mindset, mechanics, motion, we ask you a few questions and based on how you answer that, we'll give you feedback about, you know, this is a strong area for you. This is one that you might want to look at. Here's some resources. Here's how we would help if you, you know, would be open to talking about how we might work. Um, it's not, it's not a sales pitch, but it, it really gives you good information. And right now, um, so you can find that I'll tell you, I'll give you the link. It's MeritCon dot com or sorry meritcon dot vip slash podcast let me let me just make sure i'm giving you the right one here oh my goodness if you're like me i've got so many things it's like, okay which one am i trying to say this time here it is here it is dot com dot com we'll keep it simple so meritcon m-e-r-i-t-k-a-h-n dot com forward slash podcast that will take you to a page where you just put in your name and your email. We'll send you a little uh, PDF that explains that open for business framework with the mindset mechanics motion. And then the next um, link on that same page will say, take the quiz. And so you can do the quiz. And instead of giving you a boilerplate little response that everybody's going to get just because they answered question number five with the letter A or something, um, <laughs> we actually have our team do video feedback that's 100% personal for you based on how you answered the questions. So um, at some point, I will be too busy to be able to offer that. But right now, take me up on it. It's really good. That is great. You know, and, and it's back to what you said at the very start of our podcast this afternoon. Know ourselves, be authentic, make it personal, and make it real. And yes, know what you're doing. Exactly. Two questions before I let you go. Yes, sir. Where were you born? Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois. And now you're in Colorado. Interesting. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what is on your personal, not business, personal bucket list for this year? This year, I literally just booked a theater to perform my one-woman inspiring comedy show, November 11th and 12th in Denver. 
And I, I did perform it once before the pandemic, but then the pandemic derailed my tour that I was planning. So before the end of this year, you can come see me do a one woman comedy show. Just get your, get your butt to Denver and we'll get you tickets. <laughs> well, you're going to have to send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes. Folks, there's a reason why I ask these questions of every podcaster that we get here. And the reason is, is because we're all on a journey. We all have started somewhere and we want to get somewhere, but it hasn't ended yet. It's the journey in between that I'm concerned about. So here's my clue to you folks. Make sure that that journey is healthy, positive, and be proactive in that journey. Listen to some of what Merritt said this afternoon and let's be productive about it. Merritt, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll, uh, put everything in the show notes notes so that people can get hold of you and so they can follow and hey maybe come to denver that sounds great thanks so much dave appreciate it you're welcome bye folks <laughs>